The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. I hope you had a good weekend. I mean, it was rough on Friday if you had to get anywhere. There was a ton of rain, a ton of flooding, and if you had to travel anywhere, it was a struggle for myself included. There's been a lot of criticism of the city's response to the storm on Friday. And I have to be honest, I think most of the criticism of the city's response is a little unfair. After all, we're talking eight or nine inches of rain, and I think it would have made things a mess no matter what. What I do think is fair is the criticism of Mayor Adams. And the fact that Mayor Adams just can't believe anybody would criticize him over this is just textbook arrogance from what we've seen from him. For instance, here he was on 1010 Wins on Friday afternoon talking about how he can't believe anybody was surprised by the weather on Friday. Well, if anyone was caught off guard, you know, they had to have been living under a rock. As Harry Siegel said in his column in the Sunday Daily News, the mayor loves to boast about how if you're going to hang out with the boys at night, you have to get up with the men in the morning. He was out again late Thursday night at a belated birthday party and a fundraiser for himself. I was actually invited to that fundraiser. He didn't get around to talking to New Yorkers about the storm until declaring a state of emergency a little bit before noon. Noon! The damage was already done. And it was hours after Governor Hochul had already declared a state of emergency and long after the worst of the rain. Adams hadn't said a word about the storm beforehand. The city didn't so much as suspend alternate side of the street parking ahead of time, let alone have a plan for schools aside from leaving principals and teachers to figure things out on their own. This should have been handled like a major snowstorm. Unless this was a surprise weather event, which according to the mayor... He said, if you didn't see this one coming, you had to be living under a rock. If you know this much rain is coming, let's say you didn't know it was eight or nine inches, what's to be lost from overpreparedness? People like me are going to criticize you for hyping up a storm. Wouldn't you rather have that than be underprepared? Later, Adams made a whole bunch of media appearances to explain that New Yorkers didn't need to hear from him ahead of a storm like this, saying if the mayor's the only one that can communicate to the public, we're in trouble. Actually, if the mayor isn't able to communicate to the public ahead of time, We are in major trouble. And this was a poorly handled storm by Mayor Adams and an okay handled storm by the city agencies he oversees. Beam me up. To be continued. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning. 
everybody. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. On Wednesday, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez scored a viral moment when she questioned a witness during a congressional hearing on asylum seekers. The witness, Assemblymember Jamie Williams, has joined a lawsuit to block a migrant shelter from being constructed on Floyd Bennett Field in southern Brooklyn. Ocasio-Cortez asked the following, and this was Assemblymember Williams' response. I didn't hear in uh, your testimony the alternative sites you've advocated for. Could you remind me of which those are? Well, in the conversation, as we know, as we I'm heard- sorry, I only have 18 seconds. Which are the sites that you propose as an alternative? I don't have a proposal. So you don't have site. a proposal alternative? No proposed alternative. No solutions here. No ideas here. But Democrats... We're authorizing 500,000 work permits so people can get on their feet and support themselves. Democrats, we're proposing comprehensive immigration reform. Democrats, we're talking about saying, let's reassess our foreign policies so that people aren't fleeing, you know, making sure that we aren't participating in the destabilization of what's happening abroad. And all I'm hearing right now is that we're not being met in the middle. No support, no path to citizenship, no identified alternatives, just grievances. We need to get it together. Ocasio-Cortez, proudly tweeted the entire exchange with the headline, Republicans have no solutions for immigration. That's a quote. Her comrade, Congressman Jamal Bowman, who, when he's not busy pulling fire alarms, had the time to quote tweet her and added his own message. Damn, watch this Republican learn the number one rule in American politics. Don't mess with AOC. Enjoy every second of this. New York Democrats represent. Here's the only problem. Williams is not a Republican. She's a Democratic Assembly member from a heavily Democratic district. So I guess Jamal Bowman realized this, so he quickly deleted his tweet. No apology, no acknowledgement that he accused a Democrat of being a Republican. Ocasio-Cortez has still not deleted hers. You would think that two congressmen from New York City would have an idea of who the other Democratic elected officials are from New York City. And if you don't know, wouldn't you think that you'd at least go to the trouble of looking it up? Shame on these two for sloppy work and accusing a Democrat of being a Republican. If you've got problems with the thing that she's saying and how she's not answering your questions, it's not the GOP's fault. You should blame the Democrats. In any event, get your facts straight. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Long-suffering New York Mets fan, and boy, oh boy, did we suffer this year. Mercifully, the Mets season is over, and predictably, we ended our last game with a loss, as you'll hear from Kenneth in just a moment. One of the things that I was sorry to see, though, is that right before the game, Mets manager Buck Showalter, who I think has done a terrific job under very trying circumstances, announced that he's not coming back. He has been forced, he's been fired, essentially even though he had one year left on his contract. Ever the class act, this is what Buck Walter said. You know, things that are installing you, you, I was honored to get a chance to manage a second New York team. I'm proud of what the Mets did. Uh, we won close to 180 games in two years, um, especially last year, as much fun as I've ever had in a game. It reminded me why I always loved this kind of work. Um, I wish things could have gone better this season because the Mets fans deserve that. 
If you think the problem with the Mets is the fact that they didn't have a good manager, you're out of your mind. I mean, the first major incident was Edwin Diaz, the reliever of the year, playing in this idiotic World Baseball Classic and getting hurt. No, not in the game, but in the celebration of the game. But there was so much more. I mean, if you look at what was supposed to be our A-list starting lineup, Justin Verlander suffered from a shoulder strain. This was a Cy Young Award winner last year. Carlos Carrasco an elbow injury, Jose Quintana, a rib injury. The Mets started the season with two of their original starting pitchers out of five, and it only got worse from there. Look at what happened with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander once Verlander was able to pitch. They couldn't play in New York. They might be at an age where it's time for them to hang it up, but it's not just the pitchers. Sterling Marte, multiple injuries this season. Luis Guillorme, multiple injuries this season. And the list goes on and on. The problem with the Mets season is not Buck Showalter. It's the fact that they kept signing players that are eligible for Social Security. It's the fact that players kept getting hurt. Buck Showalter won 101 games with this team last year. And you're going to take away all of the key players that were supposed to be integral to his formula for success this year and then blame him? No, it's not right. And shame on our hedge fund owner, our Bobby Axelrod wannabe, Steve Cohen, for doing this to Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter's a class act. He always has been, and he should be given the opportunity for one more season with the Mets. Whoever's next, whoever's taking this job next, I feel bad for you. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I'll tell you, one of the things that I actually like about Mayor Adams is that he's willing to give people second chances. He's willing to socialize with all sorts of people. He was hanging out the other night at uh, Eddie Caban's brother's place, or a place where Eddie Caban's brother has the liquor license because the owner of the place they were hanging out is apparently a felon and can't get a liquor license. And you may remember, Eddie Caban was not only a disgraced cop that got booted off the NYPD, he was named as a slumlord. There's a lot of other convicted felons that Mayor Adams hangs out with, I think that's fine. I hang out with a lot of convicted felons myself. Now, I'm not the mayor of New York City, but so be it. No no big deal. You pay your debt to society. I believe you should get a second chance, too. But what's more troubling is some of the people that the mayor keeps in his inner circle. Sam Westrop, who runs something called the Islamist Watch, has reported that a senior liaison in the mayor's community affairs unit, Mohammed Baha'i, is also the co-founder of a radical organization with terrorists terror ties called Muslims Giving Back. According to this report, which, again, the mayor's office says is hogwash, so take it for what it's worth, Baha'i's circle includes figures with Islamist, anti-Jewish, or anti-Israeli links as well. Having people like Baha'i serve on the mayor's staff, Westrup argues, amplifies the Islamists, including those who detest the West. One of that Muslim group's co-founders, Assad Dandi, reportedly, quote, sympathized with Al-Qaeda. Westrop says that through Bahi, the Adams administration has become closely intertwined with New York Islamist networks. By the way, that report about Assad Dandi, the co-founder of this group, that comes from a 2013 City Corporation Council letter based off of NYPD information. So it's not as if it just comes from 
from one radical Islamophobic website. This has unfortunately been sort of a constant in the mayor's career. He used to hang around with Khalid Muhammad. He used to hang around with Louis Farrakhan. But now that Eric Adams is the mayor, you would at least think he wouldn't necessarily put these folks in his administration. As the New York Post said on Sunday, at best, these sort of associations don't make for a particularly good look, but at worst, Adams is taking advice from people with questionable values. Let's just hope New Yorkers won't someday pay the price. Beam me up! To be continued.